0: In 2023, we're asking our readers and listeners to join Pellicle in helping us to become profitable. Every month, we pay writers, illustrators and photographers a fair rate for their work. And this is all thanks to our sponsor, Hotburns and Black, and the hundreds of people who subscribe via Patreon. We want you to help us hit 500 subscribers so that we can create a sustainable resource for Pellicle and so that we can continue publishing more articles and more podcasts like this one. We can only keep this magazine and podcast going through the support of our readers. So if this sounds like something you can help with, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash mag to sign up today. We're determined to make one of the best drinks magazines out there, and we can only do this with your help. Thanks for listening. And now let's get on with the show. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome back to the Pellicle Podcast, the second in our series of panel discussions that we recorded at FineFest in 2022. I'm your host, as ever, Matthew Curtis. Today's discussion is called The Beer All and End All, and it's about mental health in the brewing industry. Now, I want to do a little content warning here because this chat does discuss a few themes including depression. Depression and alcoholism. So don't feel the need to listen to this if you don't feel up to it or you don't want to. Feel free to skip on. I will put some links at the end of the show and in the show notes to resources if you are struggling with your own mental health. It's not a topic we take lightly. And before we get into today's topic of discussion, I want to say thank you to everyone who's got behind our Patreon fundraising drive as we seek to become profitable in 2023 we've already had over 30 new subscribers so our target of 500 suddenly feels a lot more achievable and that's just in one week we really can't thank you enough and just to remind you if you love this podcast if you love reading our website pelliclemag.com and you can afford to please consider subscribing Because all that money goes into making Pellicle better. And you can join us at patreon.com forward slash pellicle mag. Right, let's get back to FineFest. But before we get into this week's discussion, I want to tell you how excited I am for FineFest 2023. It really is one of my favourite events in the beer calendar. It's hosted by one of my favourite breweries, who also happen to be a Pellicle Patreon Pro Tier supporter. Thank you very much, folks. And it's held on their family farm where the brewery is, near the village of Cairndow, by the banks of Loch Fine itself. It's about an hour and a half drive north of Glasgow, and it's an absolutely stunning journey that takes you past the shores of Loch Lomond and through the Trossachs National Park. And the closer you get to Glen Fine, the lower your stress levels seem to be. It really is a special, magical place that I can't wait to get back to. And I'm really looking forward to hosting another range of panel discussions, hopefully this year, with my co-founder, Johnny Hamilton, and hopefully Lily Waite and Katie Mather might be able to join us there too. But we'll be back next year, ready to celebrate, ready to drink, lots of yarl, and just generally get involved with the revelry that is FineFest. And I hope to see you there too. Tickets are now available at finefest.com. And for the panel discussions, these will be ticketed. It will be free. But the top barn where they take place only holds about 30 to 40 people. So make sure you sign up if you do want to pop down. And we'll be revealing the topics and panelists for this year's discussions in a few weeks time. So let's get on to this week's discussion about mental health in the beer industry, an idea that was actually Johnny's, and he was meant to host this. But sadly, he came down with COVID just before the festival and wasn't able to attend. And we had a couple of panellists drop out just before the festival itself. So I put out a little note to the other brewers attending, and thankfully others stepped up to talk about what is a very challenging topic. And I'm very thankful to them. So this topic on mental health, which we call the beer all and end all, features Miranda Hudson, the co-founder and managing director of Duration Brewing in Norfolk, Vic Strong, who's the brand and strategy manager at Magic Rock Brewing in Huddersfield, and Dominic Driscoll, who's the production manager at Thornbridge Brewery in Derbyshire. And they've all got a very different perspective on mental health. And I'm really grateful to all of the panellists for sharing their experiences. And I hope you enjoy listening to them too. Just a reminder that this was recorded at a festival, so you'll hear a bit of music and revelry in the background, and I hope that doesn't disrupt your listening experience too much. For now, though, let's get straight to it and to this really fascinating discussion. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the uh, second of our schedule of panel talks today. My name is Matthew Curtis. I am the co-owner and editor-in-chief of Pellicle magazine. my co-founder of the magazine, Johnny Hamilton, was meant to be hosting this talk called The Beer All and End All on mental health in the beer industry. Johnny is a brewer. He brews at New Barnes Brewery. In Leith, he's been a brewer for a long time. Uh, he's, he brewed in Edinburgh at The Hanging Bat. He brewed for Beavertown for a while. And um, he, we originally had Andy Parker from Elusive uh, on this panel as well as, and uh, Siobhan Hewison. Sadly, Johnny and Andy have both caught COVID and are at home recovering and Siobhan was not able to make the festival but we've had some wonderful stand-ins and uh, Johnny has sent me pretty much the gist of what he wanted to talk about today. So you'll have to make do with me and this wonderful panel of guests which I'll introduce to you now. So closest to me we have Miranda Hudson from Duration Brewing in Norfolk. Uh, In the middle we've got Vic Strong from Magic Rock Brewing in Huddersfield. And at the end we have Dominic Driscoll, a semi-professional gardener and of Thornbridge Brewery in Derbyshire. Right in the peat districts. And as you're closest to me, Miranda, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell people a little bit about Duration Brewing?
1: Hello, everyone. So I'm Miranda Hudson. I'm one of the co founders and I guess I'm a managing director of Duration Brewing. Uh, we set up two and a half years ago following a little foray of collabs with some of our kind brewing friends who wanted to kind of debut us. we set up in a barn I was just saying our barrel store is very similar to the barn we're in now but we're in a 16th century stone barn that's like two massive big chambers Um, and yeah a collection of farm buildings in West Norfolk and we want to make destination farmhouse brewing a thing in the UK so we love making pale ales and lagers and everyday session beers but we
2: also love making mixed fermentation beers
0: Fantastic. Vic, please introduce yourself to to the crowd.
2: Hi, um, I'm Vic. I'm from Magic Rock in Huddersfield. Um, I've been with the company since literally the day of the acquisition um, for the past three years. Um, But I've seen the company change and grow. Um, I'm the brand and strategy manager, so I deal with a lot of the um, direction of the brand and... um, the uh, trend forecasting for beers that we're going to brew as well. So lots of consumer research um, and seeing what you guys like to drink and making more of those. So.
3: And
0: Dom, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Dominic. Uh, I'm not sure if my mic room... Just a bit, just hold it a bit closer. You, okay, thanks. sorry. Yeah, that's better, sorry. <laughs> hi, I'm Dominic. Uh, so I work at Thornbridge and I've done for 11 and a half years now. Uh, prior to that, I was at Marble for six years, Marble Brewery in Manchester, um, and I run the brewery, I'm the production manager, uh, which is like the second brewer's job, so lots of responsibility in ordering malt and telling people what to do all day long, So, and work with a brilliant team at the moment, so uh, yeah.
0: Fantastic. So, the first thing that Johnny really wanted to touch on was uh, setting boundaries, um, and this is something, <laughs> steady on Bates. <laughs> it's alright, no no spillages. Um I have to describe it for the people who will be listening back to this on the podcast. Um so um Johnny was keen to talk about boundaries, so I, I work for myself as, as a beer writer, and so literally my office is 10 meters from my bed, uh, and uh, it, I've been doing it for six and a half years, and it's taken me about that long to figure out how to step out of my uh, space and uh, enjoy beer in a non-critical way, um, turning, turning myself off and not over-analysing every. Every pint I drink, um, and it can be difficult because you're making beer. But a lot of people are in beer, not just because they, they 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 like beer, but it's kind of a lifestyle choice. You know, there are more lucrative uh, positions available, but there's something very special about working in the British beer industry. I, I couldn't work in anything else. But how, and I'll start with you, Miranda, again. How do you find, you know, you, your office is uh, by your house, the brewery is, is only a few miles away. Uh, how do you define work and, and beer for pleasure?
1: It's a really tough one, because I do think it is a lifestyle. I feel that I have to have two hats. So one is what I do for myself and my own well-being, And that's things like not having a computer in the house and kind of trying to work within working hours you know obviously sometimes I pull a late one but yeah and then my other hat is how I am as the employer and how I treat our staff and um, so yeah I think boundaries are really really key I've had to learn the long way around about boundaries because I didn't have very many (laughs) Um, I'm also bipolar, so that's something I got a diagnosis for quite late in life, but explained a lot of my previous behaviours and why I couldn't sort of hold down jobs or relationships and why I just had a lot of energy. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think the boundaries that I set for myself, I don't always get right because, you know, I'm a work in progress. But I think with the employees, I think it's really important, like, if you're contracted 40 hours, you should work 40 hours. If you do 45 hours, your next week should be 35 hours. And lots of just basic principles like time off in lieu and not the over-expectation that because you're willing, you should do everything. Um, And also just respecting people's private time. So... I think about my business 24-7 because I'm a bit of an entrepreneur and <laughs> I can't stop myself. But when someone clocks off and they've gone home, I have to respect that. And even if I'm like, oh, but we've just had this customer ring up and they want to swing by and you know, we could just call someone in and make that happen, I've got to think, no, I shouldn't do that because I want them to give me their best when they're at work and that means respecting their private time so yeah boundaries all the way
0: and when you find yourself when you finish work uh, do do you head to the pub do you reach for a beer and how does it how do you feel when you have that first beer after work if you if you choose to have one
1: so I recently have been running to exercise as my way to make myself stop I find it very very hard to stop working Um, and there's always something more there's always another challenge you know and I can create excuses till the cows come home about why I shouldn't Stop working. So I find just playing rugby, playing badminton, or doing yoga, which are all very different sports sets, um, make me be in the moment and it gives me a very clear break and difference from work. But it's took me like I'm 46 and I've just took up rugby a year ago. (laughs) Um, But I love it and it's also a bit of free aggression isn't it so it's quite good <laughs> <That's a great laughs> if i've had a really really tough day i can just be like right i'm gonna look in the eyes of the other people in that scrum and i'm just gonna give it some yeah
0: <laughs> which rugby team do you play for i
1: play for the west norfolk ladies yeah we're just um in Lynn. yeah we've just finished our season a little while ago so we're just in training now but it's brilliant recommend it to anyone
0: brilliant brilliant <laughs> Vic, how do you uh, define that space between, you know, you're working in a, in a, a big brewery, busy production environment, um, and uh, your husband is also a brewer at Salt as well. So, you know, beer is part of your household. And I th- actually, I think everyone uh, on the panel is a beer family, right? Uh, you know, your, your, your spouse is also making beer. So how do you define that boundary between Magic Rock and Beer for Pleasure? I
2: think... Um one of the things that we've had to do... Well, we used to work together for a start, one. That's not very healthy because you just bitch about the same things and it just gets worse and worse for both of our mental health. I think we took a bit of a crash when we worked together. Not because of working together, but because of the like common enemy. Um, and so it's nice that we've both gotten a totally different con- common enemy that we, can, that we can talk about, which is good. Um, I, to be honest, have started to step away from beer... Um, at the end of the day and I've taken up wine drinking everybody. (laughs) Wine used to make me cry (laughs) and now I enjoy it. Um, Yeah, I I think we used to be so into beer that it would be everything we'd do. All the socialising we'd do, all the work we did, we'd spend all of our money on trying new beers and I think we've come to the point now where where we kind of are exploring other avenues a bit like you yeah. stepping outside of, uh, of that um, so i like I, I paint i draw i drink wine but with boundaries at work it's something that i'm really learning about as a people manager trying to get my staff to take time for themselves and not feel like they they don't owe me anything if you know what I mean, they are there to work. They're getting paid to work the hours that they're there for, and I want them to step away and not feel like they have to be part of the brand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and I think I need to practice what I preach to to my staff to make sure that they're that they're uh, they're following that. So I always follow up with text messages. I do I try and do nice things like buy them um, meals out just to get them away from the brewery and. Show thanks and that we really appreciate them, and make sure that they're getting time for themselves and their wellness, which is something that I think is really important.
0: Any particular wines you've been loving at the moment?
2: Uh, I love a Riesling. Oh, I
0: love Ooh, a Riesling. I love a
2: Riesling.
0: <laughs> I love mm. a Riesling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm also quite partial in this weather, vino verde weather. Oh, just, yeah,
2: mm. just all of it, to be the, fair.
0: Next, next, next year at Fine Fest, find us at the wine bar.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: Dom, how do you uh, put a boundary between your day job at Thornbridge and uh, your, you know, your passion for beer and, and, and enjoying
3: beer? Um, well, obviously, I've, I've got quite a, a large allotment, um, so and a nice, a decent sized garden at home as well. So, all of our spare time is is dedicated towards that, really. But yeah, like Vic, and you know, we've been in, involved in beer for a very long time now. Um, and you know, we're in our 20s, we loved doing all the events, and we'd turn up to every beer festival going and travel around Belgium and Germany just searching new beers and new beer culture experiences. And we loved it, um, but it just it does start to take a bit of a toll on you so much drinking beer all the time, and you know, there's only so many times you can wake up with a pounding headache and just get annoyed with yourself. And so, it's definitely good to, you know, so we um, try and have a break from beer as, as often as I can now, so like nice extended break of a month or two months is always a good idea, I think. And it helps to sort of reset how you feel about beer and also your palate. And I mean, palates do change as well, so, I mean, the, the, the new modern hazy pails not really my sort of thing, so I much prefer, you know, the old family brewers of Manchester kind of beers, something that I can drink a lot of volume and not get too drunk as well, so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to have a good team at work that you can rely upon and also support in their time off. So, like Miranda says, making sure that they don't work stupid hours. And there's there's too many breweries now that still do treat the brewers badly and expect too much of them. 13, 14-hour days. With, you know, if a pump goes wrong, they've got no spare. And at Thornbridge, uh, one of Rob's big things from when, when he came from Meantime was to always make sure the brewers have enough pumps and hoses to get the jobs done you know, so they can finish on time. Because you know, they obviously spent too many long hours learning the hard way on that one. So we often feel like the brewers are quite spoiled, but it, it does actually get the best out of them. You know, and we have a very strict QA system and it, and it helps them to, you know, they come in on time and they finish on time and it's an absolute given that that's happening. And if there was a time where they might have to stay, probably myself or Ben would, would probably step in and do it for them, so. Um, but yeah, so I think fresh air is a really good thing. So we get plenty of fresh air in the mornings and in the evenings after work, and then we spend a lot of our weekend up there as well. So, how are the pot leaks doing? Uh, so um, they're looking really good. So we've got some. I've got thirty, thirty in the ground and a few in some air pots as well, which is a special container to what the the big show growers use. Um, they've got another four months of growing, and they're already as big as. The big leaks in the supermarket, so I'm very excited about them.
0: I, I'm excited about them. I think a lot of people are. The potato, uh, the potato centres are sprouting now as well, so very Thank excited us. about our potato crop. Uh, Dom's our our seed guy uh, for our for our little garden. Um, I also want to talk about uh, the fact we work with alcohol. I think uh, there's a lot of stigma around it, um, and I think. Uh, the best way to frame this is: How do we look out for people? Bec- you know, when we are in these environments, making very delicious alcohol. Um, you know, what? What? How do you think about that mindfully? at uh, Duration. You know, you've got alcohol on site. You've got people on site. W- what kind of conversations do you have about that, or do you think there need to be about that?
1: With our staff, or with Just with our With customers. yourself,
0: with yourself, and this yeah. is internally in the brewery. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean. We're really lucky that we've got a driving culture where we are, so there's hardly any public transport, so that's a very instant moderator Mm. for everyone Um, We also, as a brewery, quite like beer to be not always the focal point I think that having sessionable beers and just the conversation that happens around that is what we strive to create, so um, yeah, we, we don't always like to kind of get the whole FOMO thing and have to check it in and talk about it. But I mean, with the team, we monitor, you know, there's always access to lots of beer. So and when you run a canning line you end up with a few underfills and overfills that are just there going for anyone who wants them. So we sort of moderate how much people can take, not because we want to be mean about it, but just to make sure no one's kind of boatloading and then taking a whole load home and maybe sitting over drinking i think beer is sociable so often times it's the context that you drink in that kind of moderates and you can get a little eyebrow or someone looking at you so i think we do all of those kind of usual things we haven't really had we're a really small team there's seven of us at the brewery um we haven't really noticed anyone having a propensity to kind of over drink at the moment so we haven't really had to encounter it but yeah we try to monitor the amount that people can sort of take free of charge so that you're not sort of stockpiling beer and then just be quite sensible on a Friday we tend to have a staff lunch and if other breweries have sent us beers to try we sit down and have a tasting together and kind of have that as a focal point to enjoy drinking beers together. And then often, you know, on a Friday at the end of the week, we'll all sit down and have a beer in the tap room together. And that's less about dissecting it and more just about chatting about what you're doing on the weekend. But yeah, I guess that's how. Yeah.
0: Vic, at Magic Rock, you have that fantastic tap room right adjacent to the brewery. You can see right through from the brewery floor. How do you, or Is this a conversation you have at the brewery and and do you look out for for members of staff um, when it comes to alcohol consumption?
2: Well, in a bit of a different um, situation to Miranda, we're a big corporation now, aren't we? We have like really, really great resource available um, and help available um, through our... We get a healthcare scheme, which is great. We've got really um, incredible support from our People and Culture team as well Um so we can flag with anyone if we think um that anyone might need reaching out to or any help because we do have quite a generous staff allowance which is which can be quite dangerous can't it when you're when you're getting your cans and bits at home but um everybody is pretty sensible we've got quite an older workforce as well and quite a lot of people with families, so there's not so much of the culture of over drinking. Um, lots of people want to get home at the end of their shift. Um, we do shift brewing as well for the brewers, so it's it's just a totally different experience. I think um, when we all do get together, we do play beer pong and have a chat, and you know, just sit, like silly things like that, making sure people are okay. And I think we've got a really great culture for looking out for for our peers. We're even though we are big, we're a really close-knit team, so.
0: I think it's probably worth touching on the fact that, A, anyone who listens to the podcast uh, regularly will know I gave Magic Rock quite a lot of shit uh, because of how I feel about the parent corporation, Lion, but how have things been uh, internally following that? I mean, feel free to, you know, you're you're a different business to how you were, uh, and how has that been on on people?
2: totally different business and i think it has been difficult there have been a lot of changes in place but there have been some really good changes and opportunities for our staff that they potentially wouldn't have got as well so um covid has put an end to our expansion which is really really sad um but that's not to say it won't happen in the future at some point um so the brewers took that particularly hard but then our office staff have been um promoted and Um, have been in positions where when we were just a small brewery they wouldn't have had that and been able to gain that experience so I feel like there's been it's a bit of a double edged sword I think Um, and then with the uncertainty of the announcement in January everybody's a little bit on edge Um, but I think that's totally expected but we've been absolutely kept up to date every step of the way, we get a monthly update on what's happening, if there's any, any news, which there isn't by the way, there is no news, so um, sigh um, but, um, but yeah I think it is, it is hard, personally I've kind of just taken a bit of a blind eye to it um, I'm getting on with my job and I'm using the money that I've got for my budget while I've got it because I might not have it in the future, so doing the best I can do
0: Dom Thornbridge make a very delicious very sessionable 5.9% beer, are there, any, are there ever any conversations around, around that beer? Like, uh, or in yeah. particularly internal internally, because yeah, it, it is it is a it, strong
3: beer and it does have a reputation for ruining the night, uh, of, or
0: enhancing it.
3: it, or enhancing it, yeah, depending <laughs> on how you. Uh, um, so we've worked with Derbyshire Council, the Derbyshire Dales Council, who had a, quite a lot of money to give out for alcohol awareness and things like that. And uh, when we've done the, the sessions and people have come and done talks with us and you know analyzed how much people are drinking. Uh, it became quite clear that I was head and shoulders above everyone else when it came to alcohol consumption, um, the team are very well behaved and we do echo what Miranda says, we, we echo you know we we moderate how many free beers that people get so they do get an allowance um, but not everyone takes it, you know some people just don't want to have beer in the house and I, I try not to take it myself or just take it for if, I've, if I know people are coming round or things like that Um and it, it yeah, it, I do try to keep an eye on people, and you can sometimes see when people are sort of going down a bit of a dark path, and it's it's good to rein them in and mm. close the door and have a good chat with them. So,
0: you recently uh, also had some time off alcohol. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about about is it three months you you weren't drinking?
3: For yeah, uh, so uh, it all started a long time ago. My, my brother, his twin brother, he lives in Auckland. He has a very posh doctor and. Said, said, oh, I've got a bit of high blood pressure, you should go and see a doctor and just get it checked out. So I went to the um, doctor and said, my twin brother says I might have high blood pressure because he's my identical twin brother. And uh, he measured my blood pressure and it was high. I says, oh, well, yeah, it must be a hereditary thing. And the doctor just gave me a look like, yeah, yeah right, mate. So I think it's about time you uh, cut out the booze. So. And so I had a significant amount of time off that year. It was 2018. Um, uh, and then again, I was just feeling a bit... i have just had enough towards the end of last year, just knowing that it was a good time for a break. And a, three month, the first week's quite difficult. You get the triggers of, you know, Sunday afternoon when you've finished the washing up and the, the dinner's in the oven and everything's nice and tidy in the house. You, you just can't wait to open a beer sort of thing and sit in the, by the fire pit outside. Um, but you, you get past it. You get used to lime and soda or kombucha. Um, Did you do NA beers? Uh, they're not really for me. Uh, I think there's so many delicious soft drinks out there that I didn't really need to go down there. Um, but I do know people who, especially in the club soda together sort of group that I'm with, sort of people helping each other through. There's some, some brilliant examples now. Um, and they're getting better as well. I know Muntin's recently did a course and people were swapping ideas. So, um, yes
0: alcohol-free beers are really uh i was really critical of them for a long time but um i my fridge now always has some alcohol-free beer in because uh, my hobby is running i used to run a long way at the weekend and then i'd get home and i'd have have a beer and then i so i'd drink a like a five six percent ipa and then i'd fall asleep and then i'd like well i've just lost two hours of the afternoon, so now my post-run beer is an alcohol-free beer because the the fee- the feeling of uh, of opening a, and drinking a beer, it's like that that gestalt yeah.
3: tick in the box, isn't it? Yeah, the the fizziness of, of the liquid and cold and it's got bitterness to it as well. Definitely hits.
2: And it's an isotonic sports drink, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, according
2: yes. to Oerdinger.
0: Yes. <laughs> indeed um, something I want to touch on now is especially after the last uh, couple of years we've had and, and the news cycle is is very challenging at, at the best of times uh, and a lot of a lot of people are experiencing burnout it could be yourselves it could be uh, employees at breweries and I'll come back to you Miranda like how how do you deal with uh, the stress? I mean, it might be a good time to talk about how, what's happening at duration. You've just, done, you've just been crowdfunding, you're looking to open a new taproom, essentially make things more stressful for yourself. So how are you managing that, that, that burnout or uh, avoiding that burnout would be the best thing?
1: Um, I think everyone on our team at some point in the last couple of years has felt very burnt out. For us, um, <clears throat> we were three people big when and we just opened having done a year-long build and we'd put maybe two turns of the tanks in and then the lockdown happened so we were an incredibly new brewery and it was a like hold your pants and just keep going forward kind of time for us which I as both someone who has extreme mood swings and someone who sees myself as a little bit I hate the word entrepreneur but you know I like creating things you
0: are very much an an entrepreneurial person and you you should wear it with pride yeah
1: so being being an entrepreneur um, I actually felt really exhilarated by it all and I was like right team, batten down the hatches we're ringing up every single place we've ever been to that has liked our beer and we're asking them do they want to open a trade account, we're pulling out all the stops, putting the trade account up online we're you know, going to ring around all of the wholesalers that are cancelled, make sure they don't just want to take one last pallet and then we're going to try and think of all the ways we can save money, keep our cash flow going and look at the next six months ahead and the plan we made pretty much on that whatever it was 16th of march is what we did and i found it's really exhilarating and my problem is regulating when i've had too much fun so i always say yes to everything and then fall in a heap going i've overpromised, i can't do it all um but yeah right now um we've just um opened a crowd fund that just hit 100 percent um while we've been at fine and it's running for another two weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so we always wanted to be, you know, this big stone barn that I talked about. There's a third of it that hasn't been renovated. And we never knew. And we were like, let's see if the brewery does really well, when we can put more tanks in. Or if people choose to come out to a very rural, remote part of Norfolk as their leisure time, come to see the brewery, then let's put a taproom in. So we're going forward with the latter, which is to put a taproom in. Um, but yeah that's an incredible amount of work like I look very calm and composed here today um, but actually like the last two months I'd say we opened you know just over a week ago and it's all a very front loaded campaign so you have to have, get all of your existing supporters to pre-register you make up a series of emails or texts that you're going to send them and the whole point is to try to turn that interest into a pledge you make a video um, you brew a special beer, you plan a whole two-week road trip. Probably that was a bit extra. I maybe maybe didn't need to do that bit. But yeah, we went round, me and Bates just went round for two weeks. I'm a bit of an extrovert. Um, Bates, my um, life and business partner, and our head brewer, is very much an introvert. And um, yeah, I was like, well, we need to talk about what we're planning to do. So let's go to our favorite bars, brewery, tap rooms, um, bottle shops, and meet all their customers and tell them about our plan. So I should be really burnt out right now because all of that just finished a week ago.
0: There is but I find
1: th- it very energising. I think I've got a funny pentameter <laughs> for how I digest energy because I think the more I do, the more, more I want to do. So
0: There is something to be said for being not only in, the, in Glen Fine and, and, uh, but in this unbelievable weather
1: (laughs) oh it's it's stunning and it's the perfect tonic to having had a busy time but beer can revive everyone can't it If, if we you know i think in all cultures beer has always been this thing we offer it up to our gods and you know like it's it's always had that risk side of it but also been a very lubricating way of making everyone Come together, say, so, Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I manage, I don't know the answer. We well, do
0: very well, Thank and, you. and we appreciate it. I
1: mean, I fall down behind closed doors and I stomp my feet and I say I've had enough and that I can't go on. And you know, I do all the things that you would think you do, I just don't do them customer facing.
0: <laughs> Vic, at the start, before we uh, sat down, you mentioned you suffer from imposter syndrome, um, but you have you know, an incredibly important job. Uh, and, and you've been in the beer industry for a long time. So how uh, how's that? And, and h- how, if you do, do you try to manage it?
2: Well, I think living with crippling anxiety <laughs> has its benefits. Um, no, I think I've started to get treatment for it, which is something that I haven't done for a long time. Um, but the imposter syndrome, I don't know where it comes from. Um, but I've been working with my manager to try and make it not happen, which is why I'm here. <laughs> and I thought I'd Well talk, done. Like big, yeah. big move.
0: Round um, of applause for Vic, please. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, I was like, I need to start talking about my experience and about my knowledge to kind of justify it to myself. Um, and it's what I'm trying to do with, I've just promoted my assistant marketing manager to my assistant brand manager because I don't ever want him to feel like that. I always want him to feel like he um, understands. I think I've just had so many jobs in the past where I've kind of been put down or had a really bad experience. But coming to Magic Rock, actually, where there is a world of opportunity for me and an actual belief behind me, I feel is making me feel a lot more confident in myself and a lot more confident in my ability as well. Um, Yeah, I think just being, a, being good to yourself. Well, it's
0: fantastic to have you on the panel. We Thanks. really appreciate it. Dom, you you are um, essentially running an incredibly busy production floor, a lot of beer going out, a lot of people uh, running around making beer. How do you ensure that that, that team and yourself don't succumb to burnout?
3: Um, so, well, one of the things is I manage the holiday folder. Um, so I always... If people aren't taking holidays I would go and have a chat with them and find out why they're not uh, going on holiday. You know, sometimes they're saving holidays for moving house or they might not have enough money to do it. So then we'll have a conversation about managing finances and trying to help. Because they're often the 20 to 30-year-olds are the ones that struggle. You know, they're not getting paid huge amounts of money and and not spending it in the right way. And just because they haven't got enough life experience or, well, just not getting paid enough money um, sometimes... Um, but yeah I think the, the main thing that I always try and do is go and speak to every single member of staff in the mornings and just go around and find out how they are even you know ask how they' slept what they're doing for the weekend um, and often it's it's just computer games or you know <laughs> but you know with the, the brew team they like a, they all go climbing and they love going climbing together um, so you they'll often finish shift and, and go out onto the peak district and, and and get out so I think we do have a Everyone kind of looks after each other as well. It's not like there's. We we definitely don't have any sort of bullying, we have a very strict bullying harassment policy. Um, We try and avoid any form of sort of lads' banter because there's always, you know, you can have ten people laughing and one person who's just taking it, you know, completely the wrong way. I mean, that wasn't always the case, Um, and certainly we've definitely tried to improve those since we first put in our mental health policy about seven years ago um, and we just try and encourage a, a happy working environment in the countryside with fresh air and when, when the pandemic hit it was it was tough going you know we we thought we would have to make some people redundant um, and it went the other way we just got absolutely battered with big orders from the supermarkets and so there was some whilst the brewers were happy because they were getting overtime and you know Getting paid double for it as well. Um, the packaging team were doing some very long days on some, you know, equipment that it was quite manual. So we've we've got this wonderful KHS bottling line and canning line, um, but the packaging side of things is a lot more. You know, we have to work as a team and it doesn't link up properly. So there's some stressful cardboard flying everywhere and some. You remember that summer was really hot as well, and so um, people from the logistics team were coming to help and just like saying, oh, I just can't handle that. It's too much work. And we were like, yeah, you know, so it was some, it was a tough time and that was, but we've come through the other side and uh, doing loads of different beers. The subscription box helps because it's lots of different new beers for people to try all the time and fun collaborations and visitors to the brewery. So, um, yeah, I think we've been doing it a lot longer than everyone else. It's the smaller breweries that are only two or three years old where, you know, the manager's put in charge. He's got no HR experience doesn't understand about he's, he's, he wants to get paid he wants to look good in front of his bosses um, and thankfully we're, we're way ahead of that now and we've, we've always been a well-funded brewery so it's credit to you know the directors who sort of see that so
0: uh, are you optimistic though because about breweries finding ways to improve you mentioned those those smaller breweries who've maybe not have had a mental health policy and struggled a bit um, you know there's a lot of breweries that are now more as Established that opened in the last decade. Do you still feel there's an opportunity for those breweries
3: to improve? And do you feel optimistic about that? I do feel optimistic about it um, I think seba has gone in the right direction in the last few years, and I would like to see them sort of run some courses or You know, you know help give people some experience, but I think we're all getting a bit more experience now um, what I used to get in in the past was how do we do this? How do we brew this beer? You know, you know how do we make this, Dominic? And you know, you you tell them how we how to do it. And a lot of questions I'm getting now are more HR based. You know, what would you do in this situation? Um, how can you support? What support is there for people? You know, a lot of people don't know about the work of the Drinks Trust and the Licensed Trade Charity. That you know, they've got huge amounts of resources. Um, so men- mental well-being is one side of the thing, and then mental health is another side. You know. And thankfully the, the GP in the NHS where we are is, is, is actually quite good but I know it's not very good in a lot of other places Um so yeah, it's just helping people along and making sure they're going in the right direction
0: and thank you for men- mentioning the Drinks Trust there we will put uh, links uh, if you're listening to this or if you do find this online we'll put links to those uh, charitable trusts uh, online so you can find them the Drinks Trust are absolutely fantastic um, but you've answered some Really challenging questions there, and I really appreciate it. And before I uh, open the floor, if any of you have questions, so give yourself a few minutes to think, uh, I want to ask how you feel now to be here in the Glen. Miranda, how do you feel being here about beer? Things are very tough at the moment. The cost of living crisis is hitting breweries hard. But, you know, what what do you feel about the future?
1: So how I feel now is very chilled out, (laughs) very relaxed. And just like beer is a nice place to be and there's friends and there's strangers who are friends who I haven't met yet and there's lots of dogs and it's just a very nice place to be reconnecting with nature. Um, How I feel about the future is I'm going to keep it bite-sized because if you look into the abyss, you can get in a real worry hole and then anxiety can become massive and you know a lot of us smaller brewers make beer that is a very premium kind of luxury and you know people are making choices all over the place and pulling in their belts and you know um, choosing different products so I just hope as a producer of a very nice product I can adapt and make those beers you know maybe less hoppy or less ABV to keep them affordable so yeah I'm keeping it bite size because it's been an incredible incredible learning experience the last two years um, and I'm really thankful for it but it's also been very challenging on cash flows knowing how you're gonna pay your staff you know and just feeling like I've bitten off more than I wanted to chew and uh, yeah, so keeping it bite-sized and trying to find a little bit of blue sky in the future is my approach.
0: Fantastic. Vic, how it feel to be back in the Glen?
2: Well, it's a bit of a pilgrimage for us to come here every year. Um,
0: how many have you been to?
2: Nine. Yeah, something like that, nine. We tried to come to one, but then got lost in Paisley somewhere, so just went home. No, went, stayed in Eccle- Ecclefecken. <laughs> um so yeah we love it up here. Um, we lived in the highlands for a long time so it's a bit like coming home when we come to Fine, so I love it. Um and I love all of the all of the team um at fine they're just so welcoming and lovely aren't they? Absolutely. Um and um yeah I, I feel like you you drive don't you you get up to rest and be thankful and I think that stress just Slides off your shoulders, and then you just drive up, and then you go past Kerndow where that big tree is. And um, <laughs> it is, it used to be the UK's biggest tree, but it's not anymore Europe's biggest tree. There we go. Um, and it just everything just clicks into place, doesn't it? And then you get yourself a pint. Um, but I think. It's so different, such a different experience for us, I guess, than it is for the general public coming in, because I always feel like there is still a bit of industry going on, isn't there? There's little conversations, so it's making sure that those conversations aren't happening at ridiculous times, like when you're a bit bit pissed. <laughs> or, um, yeah, or just making sure that you're aware of what other people are doing and what other, um, that people are here to relax and enjoy it, as well as it being a bit of a work balance. So.
0: And it's interesting. There's three big beer festivals on this weekend in London, Leeds, and, and here. And it's interesting that the people who come to Fine Fest who are brewers tend to be, have to be people who've been in the beer industry a bit longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
2: it's, well, we can't do the trendy beer festivals anymore. We're too old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I think this is the coolest beer festival. Is the
2: coo- this is the trendiest one. If Ian's listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dom, how, how are you feeling to be back in the Glen and are you uh, feeling good about uh, the potential that, that the beer industry has? Uh,
3: I'm, I'm feeling very happy to be back in the Glen. Um, we've had some very happy memories made here throughout the years. Uh, we were here for Malcolm's wedding a good few years ago now. Uh, we were here before the big brewery. We've, I've dug out that mash tun a couple of times in the past. So... Um, And the team are very welcoming and they they make sure that you're having the nicest time possible. And I mean, last night's dinner was fantastic, wasn't it? And really nice. I feel like I was tricked into an industry event last night. But um, but I still had a lovely time anyway. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've I've seen the price rises of of raw materials. It's it's, uh, some very scary price rises going across the board. Um, We're batting down the hatches and had some very big meetings at work just to make sure that we're ready to go forward with it. We've got a great team of, you know, Simon the director who looks after the purse strings, he's, he's completely on the ball, so think, thankfully we're we're in a good place going forward but I, I think we will see a lot more closures. Um, I think some people are just going to say, you know it's not worth carrying on this I'm going to go and get a job that I'm not breaking my back to do and getting paid nothing for. So I was very sad to see Cheshire Brewhouse close because I think Shane's made some great beers and I love love winding him up. He's a very easy man to wind up, but he's he's great fun as as well, and a really good brewer. And um, so that was sad, um, but you know we've we've seen breweries close before, and, and other ones open up, and it's exciting to see how well duration are doing, for example. Um, you know, there's loads of exciting beers coming through, and, and lovely beer industry people. You know, I've already made some new friends this weekend, as we do every time we come and they, they just become part of the, the fine fest family, don't they? So, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you
0: very much. Um, please raise your hand if you have a question for our panel, and, and uh, I will come to you with the microphone. Don't feel pressured to ask a question if you don't want to either, but if you do have one, uh, let me know. Okay. Well, in that case... <laughs> No, that's good. It means, it means I can go and get some lunch and, and we can all go and get a beer and enjoy a bit of sunshine. Um, but could you please uh, give our panel a huge cheer and round of applause? Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you coming you. and talking about that subject.
3: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to that, folks. And thanks again to Miranda, Vic and Dom for chatting to me about what is a very challenging topic, but one that I think you'll agree is hugely worthwhile to discuss. Mental health is not a topic I take lightly. So I will say that if you are based in the drinks industry and you're struggling, seek out a charity such as the Drinks Trust, which you can find at drinkstrust.org.uk. Or call on 0800 915 4610. And if you're really struggling, then do contact the Samaritans at samaritans.org. I will leave the links to both of those websites in our show notes as well. Don't suffer alone if you are struggling with your mental health. There are people and organisations who can help you. And I hope you found this discussion about mental health in the brewing industry useful. That's just about it from me this week. We still have two more of these panel discussions and I'm sticking to my guns and getting these all out in January. One episode a week. I hope you're enjoying this increased frequency of episodes and don't forget you can reach me to chat about anything pellicle by emailing me at matthew at pelliclemag.com Right, I'm off. Thanks again for listening. I've been Matthew Curtis and I will see you right here on the pellicle podcast really soon. Bye bye for now.